we're going to talk about the same power. We're going to talk about the kingdom of God. And before I go into the Holy Spirit, I feel like we had to talk about what kingdom looks like because the concept of kingdom is totally different than the reality in which we live in today. And so it's going to be, I mean, it's more teaching. And so I got the PowerPoint. Y'all can watch it. I can put it in the group later. But we're going to go through with it. Romans 8 and 11 says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. The same spirit. So imagine that. The same spirit that existed with God. The same spirit that created the earth. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives on the inside of you. So all of the creative ability that God has, you have. All the power that God has, you have. And the Bible says, and we'll get into it, but the Bible says the Holy Spirit has always been with us. It was that voice that you heard when you was living in the world calling you to Christ. And when salvation came, the Holy Spirit came in us. And then it says the Holy Spirit can come upon us, giving us power to do things that we cannot do in our own self. And that's the supernatural ability of God. Says, Before we dig deep into the person, the power, and the purpose of the Holy Spirit, we must first take a moment to understand the kingdom of God. And that's God's way of thinking, and that's God's way of doing things. And taking the time to understand God's kingdom, we'll be able to gain the purpose, significance, identity, and fulfillment. We will see how our individual lives connect to God's ultimate plan for us. Because a lot of times we wonder, man, what's God's plan for me? What's my purpose? Who am I? All these things are found when you understand the kingdom of God. The next slide. To gain a, these are our objectives today. To gain a clear understanding of God's purpose for establishing a kingdom, his government that oversees the kingdom, our purpose and role in the kingdom, and what the inter-realm connection is. All right? what that interim connection is. So, but before we get there, there's three words that Dad talked about. Y'all remember those three words? You can go to agreement, alignment, and advancement. Agreement is harmony or accordance in opinion or feeling, a position or result of agreement. So when we agree with God, what we, does, what we do is become, we get into harmony with God. We, we take what he considers, we take what his opinion is, what his feelings are, and we align ourselves to that. And a lot of y'all know what alignment is and, and, and the concept of it if you take care of your car. Because when you go get new tires, you should go get an alignment. Why? It puts things into perfect balance. It allows you to accelerate in a manner that doesn't cause your car to shake. Because accelerating could be something both going faster or slower or changing direction. All of those are forms of acceleration. And when you have an alignment, then you can do that without all the extra. It says arrangement in straight line or a correct or appropriate relative position, a position of agreement or alignment, alliance. So when I, become, when I get aligned with God, my faith positions me into what he has already done. 
If you think of somebody like a hundred people, they're standing in line and you got the bigger person up front being God and everybody's behind them. You don't see a hundred people. You see one. Why? Because everything's in a straight line. And when that one person goes, then everybody follows. Why? That's the visual you have for being in alignment with God. And when we do that, there's advancement. And when I heard that word, I think of three things. We're going to advance the kingdom. We're going to be advanced ourselves. And then our character and our soul man is going to be advanced. And so that's what we're talking about with advancement. And so those are the three words that we're going to carry into all of this. And then all of those things play into understanding the kingdom of God. So how many times have y'all brought a toy? I mean, it's Christmas time and I was thinking about it. You brought a toy and it was broken or your cell phone didn't work. What did you do with it? You took it back, right? We returned it to our manufacturer. We do not come, we ever, I mean, I saw my baby's born. It was beautiful, but also overwhelming at the same time. And when little Aiden and Ava came out, they didn't have this little tag with them that showed me how to raise them or showed them how to live. They didn't come with instructions attached, right? And so understanding our purpose is something that we have to achieve through understanding the Holy Spirit. It says, and here's the other thing, if we did come with instructions, I mean, you know how some of us guys are, we ain't going to read them anyway. We're going to try to put together life on our own, right? We're going to have to, <laughs> like, look at the picture, like, that's the life I want. And see, that's what some of us done. We've looked at millionaires, we've looked at athletes, we've looked at everybody we want them to become, and we've looked at the picture of that, and we want that without understanding the details in which caused them to get there. You didn't realize the hundred screws that they had to put together. You didn't realize the bolts, the nuts, and all those things, and the glue, all those things that had to be fabricated in a certain order to obtain the place that they are at now. And so you're trying to get there, and it's raggedy and it's broken because you don't take time to listen to the instructions. Some of us would explore. We'll get it wrong and keep trying while still not reading the instructions. You'll be piecing stuff together. Oh, I got four bolts and a board left. Like... Like, I, I, I guess they're extras. Because <laughs> that's how some of us would do. Some of us would quit after a few attempts and just live the best we know how. You're like, I tried this God thing. I tried it. Messed up a couple times. I'm just going to live the best I know how. I'm going to settle with this job. I'm going to settle with this person. I'm going to settle with this house. And I'm just going to make it work. Some of us will submit to the feeling of being overwhelmed and never start. You know what? I ain't even going to. Look, this is too much for me. And some of us parents, if you honest, you got toys your kids got that you were overwhelmed with the assembly process and they still in the box. And that's what it is like for a lot of our premises. They are still in the box because we are so overwhelmed because we're think we're continuing to. I said it a few weeks ago, center ourselves in our flesh, trying to accomplish something that's kingdom. And that won't ever work. We will ask for help, you'll still do it our own way. Ain't nothing like you spending an hour with somebody, telling them how to do it, and then at the end of the day, they go still do their own thing. 
and try to pay someone else to live it for us. Ain't no, ain't no coach, ain't no, ain't no mentor, ain't no class, ain't no book that you can pay to make your life bright. You gotta participate. Like paying the money can make you better, but if you don't do what they tell you to, what? Lost money. Lastly, some of us will go to the maker and ask for directions to live out the intent's purpose for our creation. And so with us, we have to return to the manufacturer. We have to go back to God and ask God, what are the instructions for my life? How do I assemble this kingdom life that you have called me to have? How do I develop the, your way of thinking, your way of doing things? And then in the Bible, he has so laid out all the things that we need to do. And then we have his rhema word that he speaks to us through the Holy Ghost that was there with him when he created us, bringing to our remembrance all things so that we may be instructed on how to build the life that he has for us. So though not physical vis physically visible, we did come with instruction. The Holy Spirit is our helper. In John 14, it tells us the Holy Spirit would teach us and remind us. Nehemiah 9 and 20 says the Holy Spirit will what? Instruct us. Matthew 10 and 19 says the Holy Spirit will give us the words to say. He will come upon us to give us the supernatural ability to do what we cannot do on our own. But what we have to do is end our flesh to accept his supernatural. Because what the Holy Ghost can't do is come upon somewhere that he's not welcome. So as long as our pride says that we can accomplish, then the Holy Spirit said can't. So we got to humbly submit ourselves to come to the end of our flesh so the Holy Spirit can do what he needs to do. 1 John 2 and 27 says the Holy Spirit lives in us, teaching us the truth, and he will not lie. I love that part. He will not lie lie. Those things that you hear about your life, those great words that you can't even imagine why God is telling you or why you're hearing this about a job making this amount of money, this about a family, this about a husband, this about your character, this about your personality. You're like, well, that's not who I am, but he will not lie. You don't know yourself. But the Holy Spirit does. The instructor knows who you are because he will bring to your remembrance. He will teach you things and he will not lie. And not only will he not lie, but he will not set you up to disappoint or cause you shame. So anything he told you you can have, he has already provided for you in the kingdom, but you must agree and align yourself with it. When we try to fix ourselves, we end up doing it wrong. We fail to see how the kingdom and our personal lives are connected. We must return to the, the manufacturer. He has the original blueprints. Yes. The Holy Spirit has the original blueprints on how for you will accomplish the kingdom life. He knows how to repair what's broken on the inside of you. Yes. Don't just go to a counselor. Go to the one God told you to go to. Don't just hire somebody to help you. Hire the person. God, we have left the Holy Spirit out of so many things. His job is to teach, instruct, and not to lie. So God, which job should I take? God, is this man right? Is this woman right? And if he say no, don't let your flesh overcome, and then you write your own blueprints. 
Because what the Holy Ghost sees, it sees way out, but your flesh only sees the moment. So the Holy Ghost is trying to help you see that he ain't going to be, or she ain't going to be no good 10 years down the road. He's trying to help you avoid a pothole that you cannot, I had ways on this morning, and as soon as I turned it on, it downloaded the Cookie Monster thing. I was like, man, that's pretty cool. So Cookie Monster got on there, and he was like, hey, caution ahead, ha ha, see, caution, see for cookie. And dude, we, we were laughing, but what he was doing was looking ahead, preparing me for what was coming. And that's what the Holy Ghost is doing, but a lot of times we don't want to ask because we don't want the answer. We want to paint our own road, and that's okay because God has given us the choice to do that. But you can't expect kingdom while operating in the flesh. When we rediscover the manufacturer's original intent, we come to understand our purpose, our potential, and the significance of our role in this world. This year, I have come to understand more about myself than I ever have in a long time simply because I stopped to understand what is God's intent for my life. Because there's a form of yourself that you can begin to formulate and begin to put yourself in. And you can say that you're quiet and that this is the person you are. You're not really social. You're not really this or that. But really, that's who your flesh has formed. But there is another man that God has created from the pre-existence of earth that he is calling out of each one of us. Yes. Because each one of us have a domain that we're supposed to rule over. We're supposed to take what's in the heavenly realm, bring it into the earth as governors, as regents, and exempl- make that thing imitate heaven as itself. And your family is the first one. So your first example of a kingdom is your ability to run your family. And if you're single, it's run yourself. That was our first example. But run our families. Kingdom government. What we see today is not the intention of the creator. God's intention for a kingdom government was for the earth to be an extension and a reflection of his kingdom, heaven. God's intent for earth was to be a thriving colony with humanity as its citizens, Local vice governors representing the home kingdom and mandated authority to transform the colony into the nature of the kingdom. Go to the next slide, Chase. And so in order to transform a colony into the nature of the kingdom, we need to examine the original kingdom. It was heaven was peaceful and productive. It was focused on welfare, fruitfulness and fulfillment of citizens. It exhibited benevolent, benevolent, organized for the purpose of doing good rule. So initially, God, heaven was perfect. And what God did, God, and I'm getting ahead of myself, so I'm going to slow down. We'll just keep going. So let's go to the next slide. So the king's dominion. That word kingdom comes from two words, kings and dominion. And so when you put them together, that's how you get a kingdom. And what a domain is, is just an environment, a territory, and authority over which a king presides. The concept of God to design and sustain both the unseen and seen realms in order to express, represent, and manifest his nature. What God did through his love was said, you know what? This is so good, what I got in heaven. Let me take what I got here and let me create galaxies and universes. And then what he did was he picked a particular planet called Earth as a colony to be the replica of what heaven looked like. And he took us as his governors, as his regents, to place us here to make 
earth look exactly like heaven did. And the thing that you'll learn about a governor in a moment is a governor is an appointed person designed by the king to walk out his will and his wishes in the domain in which he has been placed in authority. So what God did in Genesis 1, when he was telling us, let me make man in my image, really what he was saying, let me create man in my image and in my likeness so that he can go to earth and dominate everything that's there because that's the territory in which heaven has. Does that make sense? The governing authority and influence of a sovereign ruler who impacts his territory through his will, purpose, and intentions, which are manifested in the culture, lifestyle, and quality of his citizenry. God is good to you, not just because he's good to you, but because he's king, he's good to you, and it benefits him. Because what good will a great king be if his citizens didn't live a good life? It was what Pastor Evans said one time when he was teaching on, on Facebook or somewhere. He was like, when I'm good to my kids, I'm good to me. Because that is the mindset of a king. That's the mindset of a governor. When we are good to our children, we are good to the people in which we have authority over, we are good to ourselves. People always have a choice to live outside the kingdom, but this has consequences. You always got a choice to live outside the kingdom, but living outside the kingdom has a consequence. So let's go to Colossians 1, 16 through 20. It says, for through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning supreme over all us who rise from the dead, so he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ. Christ was a reconciliation that allowed earth to come back into perfect alignment with what God had already established it to be. But when Christ left earth, he left the Holy Spirit to live on the inside of us to give us dominion over all of those things so that we can maintain heaven on earth. So part of your identity and see, and I taught a message a few probably years ago about the feeling of belonging, identity and authority, being authority. You want to be in authority. You want to know who you are. You want to have purpose. But the only way we fully understand purpose is we understand the kingdom of God and who we're called to be inside of that kingdom. Taylor's in film. That's her domain. So in film, she can go there and be a regent for God. She can go there and establish kingdom. And people who are in film will know God because they know Taylor. And how will they know God? Because they know Taylor. Because she's a governor, she exemplifies the will and the wishes of the king. Come on. And so that's her, your domain. But when we begin to operate in identities that don't belong to us, we begin to have false kings who try to exercise their flesh and their own wills in areas that they're not designed to be over. And when the problem is, and when you have fake kings, then somebody got to overthrow them. Yeah. Come on. And some of us are so timid that we won't overthrow anything. We will know it's our place to be and still won't go there because we see other people there. So those days are over. Those days are over. 
Take your dominion. Because here's the thing, if you don't take it, the kingdom suffers. Every time we choose not to go after the business, every time we choose not to go after the house, every time we choose not to go after the kids or go after the souls, we are not allowing the kingdom's dominion to do what it's designed to do. That's good. Ladell said, which is to colonize our cultures, our way of life, our way of thinking should all align to the kingdom of God. Amen. Now, I know, y'all kind of looking. It ain't, it ain't a fancy, pretty, but listen, if you don't understand the way the kingdom works, you can't understand your role within it. Right. If you don't understand your role within it, then you can't understand your purpose and your identity. If you don't know who you are and who empowers you, then somebody else is going to make that for you. Yeah. You're going to find, because you... When God created you, he created you to have a purpose. He created you to have an identity. He created you to belong. And if you can't find that in God, you're going to try to find it somewhere else. And so that's why it's important to understand kingdom, because if I teach you about the Holy Spirit and you don't even understand how it aligns to the kingdom, then you'll be out there trying to use the Holy Spirit for ill will. And he ain't going to work for you anyway, because he can only accomplish that which the Father has told him to accomplish. So the purpose of a colony is Earth is God's colony. The purpose of it is to be an extension of the home country, which is heaven, to establish a prototype of the original country, which is heaven, to represent the values, the morals, the manners of heaven, to manifest the culture, the way of life and the lifestyle of heaven, the original nation. So that was the purpose of Earth. I mean, he loved us that much that he created Everything that exists, because you, if you go outside at night and you put a pinky up and you look at all the stars, they say in that one thumbprint, your nail of your thumb looking at the sky, there's over 6,000 galaxies. Now, if you can think, take your thumbprint and move it all around across the, uh, the sky, there are billions upon billions of galaxies. But what God did was to carve out one planet to recreate what he desired for his domain. So back to defining kingdom. Absolute, see, this is the part we don't like. We don't like being told what to do. See, at the end of the day, your problem with God is that God is not democratic. This is a monarchy. All right? And so at the end of the day, uh, we don't like being told what to do. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is the monarch. See, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they're the Trinity. They are one. You're like, well, how are they one? Just like water is one, but water is steam, water is ice, and water flows as a liquid. They are all one at the same time. You use steam to power locomotives. You use water as a, as a fluid to move engines and to power things, right? And you use ice is what, in the form of glaciers is what molded the earth. So in three different forms, it's still the same thing. So you have the essence of God living on the inside of you, giving you the ability to do the same thing he did. So when he stepped out and said, saw it was dark, and he just said, let there be light, you got the same ability. Yeah, your marriage looked dark today, but baby, let there be light. Your, your kids look dark today, but you got to open your mouth and say something different. God didn't step out and say, dang, it's dark. He said, let there be light. 
Yeah, I, I can't do what he does. And see, but in a de democracy, we got elected officials by the people for the people. We elect who we want to accomplish our own will. At the end of the day, and what moves this democracy is money. And so if you don't got money, then you can't really, your word don't matter. It doesn't. But see, that's why God has called us to be wealthy. But when we don't go after the business and we don't go after those things and we don't, we don't do what he has called us to do when the Holy Spirit is not lying to you, he didn't lie when he said you can make $100,000 this year. He didn't lie, but you, you didn't align yourself. Your faith, your positive response to the word of God didn't move you in alignment with what the word said about $100,000. His word's not a lie, you just didn't move. When we talked about instructions... You heard what he said. You saw the picture, but you tried to accomplish it your own way. And sometimes, and then part of us was those people that got overwhelmed and quit, but I didn't go to college. How am I going to make $100,000 a year with no degree? Because he said so. How's he going to make earth, which was bored and without form? Because the Holy Ghost, his power, began to create from nothing something. And that's what he did with your job. That you, that's still waiting on you because he created it. Y'all remember when I put that $20 up there for Aiden? That money would still be here today waiting on him to respond to the word his daddy gave him. Listen, we got to respond to kingdom because when we do, we take nations, we take the world. See, we... What the enemy has got us to do is center ourselves so largely that we don't see the big picture. It ain't about wrath. It's about the kingdom. A king never does things necessary for himself. He does it for his citizens. I live my best life for my kids to live a better one. And I live my best life so that when people see me, they see God and they want to know, how did you get where you were? And that gives us opportunity to share the gospel. Yep. Yes. Let's keep going because we got to get through this day. So democracy impact. I'm not going to get into family. I love families, but we're not going to get into too much. Overflow into our families, our relationships, our jobs, our education. Rejection of kingdom due to no one wanting to be ruled. Quick question. How many of y'all like being told what to do? Wow. See there? Look there. Would you rather be the decision maker or be instructed? decision maker. How do you feel when others make decisions for you? See, see those feelings right there? <laughs> see, those feelings right there? Nobody really desires in their flesh to be told what to do. But the thing about a monarchy is this. When Pastor Edwin says, Ralph, I want you to do something, then I got two choices. Because he's my man of God, and I accept him as that. I align myself with his word, whether it's Ralph, you're going to make $75,000, or Ralph, go apologize to your Ralph, your wife, because you were wrong. Because alignment doesn't deter itself when what it hears doesn't align with what they flesh like. So though I may not like being told what to do, because I am in alignment, I am in agreement, and I desire to acceleration in my life, I stick with what he says. Because what he says today that I like, that same voice isn't the one coming tomorrow, somebody different telling me to do something that I may not like. That's 
Right. right? So he ain't going to tell me, after that same mouth, he ain't going to be telling me good and bad. Everything he tells me is to promote the kingdom in my household. So if I call him for advice, or you call him for advice, you take the advice and you do it. Amen. Or don't call him. All right? Because here's the thing with a lot of church folks, and I'm going to tell you how it is. All right? Because that's just how I'm wired. You waste folks' time. All right? You, you, what you want is somebody to side with you in your pittiness. You want somebody to side with you in your room and then to, to, to cheer you on while you, you, you sit there and your hole you done dug for yourself, and then you want them to rescue you, but you feel so comfortable where you at. Just don't, when you're ready to change, call somebody. Don't be wasting folks' time. Don't stay in the hole. Don't, don't stay in the hole. But you, but you do have to not waste people's time. All right. So the concept of kingdom is so corrupt, corrupted that it prevents us from understanding God, his purpose, his mind, and his heart. This ignorance causes us to not realize our own identity, purpose, and plan, and ultimately how we are divinely connected to God. King, the king in the kingdom. The king implements his vision for the kingdom, and governors implement it in his colony. The king makes the laws. Yep. The king chooses who he desires to govern his territory. He desires you to govern his territory. He made you to be a ruler. He didn't make you to always be the one who, we, everybody won't own a business, but you can dominate as a supervisor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, look, the three employees you over, is it a kingdom that looks like God? Come on. Or every day do you go in complaining? Because here's the thing, it ain't about you. Yeah. 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 And if the moment we get that, then things can change. The king personal interests become policy and the king's personal will become law. The effectiveness of a kingdom and its power is its ability to influence and control the territory according to the vision of the king. So check it out. That's what Jesus was doing in Luke. Luke, when Jesus began to say, he said, look, oh, it's not, next slide. And Luke 1, it says, then Jesus, what was he full of? See, Jesus was a perfect example. He was part of the Trinity, right? But when he came to earth, he couldn't operate as a God because then that wouldn't be an example for us because we are not in the Trinity per se. So when Jesus came to earth, he operated as a man in the flesh, but he was what? Full of the Holy Spirit. And it says, return from the Jordan River, he was led by the what? Spirit in the wilderness. Where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days, Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. Verse 14, it says, And Jesus returned to the Galilee, filled with what? The Holy, the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. What's reporting about you? Come on. Come on. If we asked 100 people the reports about you, would there be some power attached to that that, that aligns to the kingdom? Come on. Or what would they say about you? What would they say about me? Verse 18, it says, the spirit of the Lord is what? Upon me. He, this is kingdom talk. Did Jesus at this point was establishing kingdom. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. 
He has sent me to proclaim, proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free. Jesus was a talking kingdom. We call it the Great Commission, you know, but that's kingdom. Why? Because he was, begin, he was saying, this is what I'm called to do. I am called to colonize the earth to make it look exactly like heaven. I am called to create a culture, a way of life, a way of thinking, a way of doing things that align perfectly to the king's will. And he says, the way I do that is because the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Jesus accomplished everything he did, not because he was Jesus, but because he was full of the Holy Ghost. You got the same access to the same spirit that Jesus has access to. Amen. So I am anointed, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed Ralph to bring the good news to the poor. He has sent Ralph to proclaim that the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free. That's our job. Say, my job. My job. Whether you do it from a pulpit, pulpit, that, that ain't nothing. I mean, because a pulpit only reaches the people that's here. But how many people not here? Come on. Your pulpit is your office desk. Your pulpit is your classroom. Your pulpit is your cubicle. Your pulpit is your driver's seat in that bus. Your pulpit is the broom that you push through those halls. Whatever your job is, don't see it as an occupation, as a job. See it as an assignment from the king to overcome a colony and make it look like he wants it to look. I remember the first time I came to this church, I smiled. Second time I came, I just picked up a broom because we ate cookies and there was crumbs on the ground. Because when you, the other thing about being a king, a king is not willing to allow his kingdom to go down, even if that means he got to serve. That's, right. That's why Jesus was willing to come out of his royal status, to come to earth, to ensure that what he has established would not fail, but will always stand. You don't, you're not even willing to, to tally your receipts for your business. That ain't, that, that ain't going to stand. Come on. We won't even dedicate the time for our bodies so that we can have a good kingdom here in our flesh. We got to commit to the kingdom. Marriage takes work. Kids obeying takes work. Kingdom building takes work. And Jesus says, I do it through the spirit. Because when you tired and your kids got on your last nerve, you done tried all that stuff Pastor done talked about with the thing of feeling cycle. At this point, you can cuss the thing, the TL, I call it the TLC. You ain't trying to hear nothing else. And you're like, Lord, help me. And the Spirit will come upon you and give you the grace to parent. But a lot of times, you ain't asking for help. You want to go off. Because really, you're mad at your husband, but your kid's just getting the brunt of it. Or your boss, right. Or the fact that you don't got enough money and you got way more month. But now the people in your life are getting the, the consequences of your inability to access the Holy Ghost to align yourself and to control your thinking feeling cycle. You can't do thinking feeling cycle in your flesh. You got to have some help. But we got to choose to do that. We got to choose to do that. Most important person in the kingdom is the governor. See, we know God is the most important, right? But the governor, the kingdom governor is the regent. I taught a message several months back about us being regents in the earth. All right. Appointed by the king to rule a territory or colony, live among the people, 
but represent. Say, say, I live among the people, but I represent the king. Yeah, I live among people, but I represent the king. That's why you can grow up in a place, but like, like, mm, this ain't me. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is not lying to you. He's like, there's more for you than this. It, dream bigger. You got more in you than that. That's the Holy Spirit not lying to you, but you live among a people, but you belong to the king. I represent the king and ex- execute his wishes and will in the colony. His wishes and his will. All right. Because there's things that I didn't wake up saying I wanted to do, but I did because it was his will. And that's why when I think about never lost, I just, I just praise God because I was just like, dude, I know I love you because I'm telling you, this was not the plan. Why? Because his wishes and his will. But see, that's the part of kingdom we don't get. It ain't about you. Once again, it ain't about you. It ain't about what we desire. It's not about what we want. It's all about the king. The transformation of a colony into the culture of a kingdom didn't just happen. It took detailed planning. The king did not go to each new colony to extend his influence to his colony. The king doesn't leave the kingdom. I need y'all to think about that. Like, I wasn't a history buff, you know, that, that, should, that wasn't my thing. I was math and science. But I did realize, like, when you think about some of the kingdoms and the empires, the king didn't go everywhere every time they took land and all of that stuff. Now, let me establish, though, God didn't take the land like we took the United States. And that other, he, he created it and then put us in it. So, so that whole God's not a take. He ain't kicking out of people to take their stuff. He created the stuff, put everything in it so that we could be good. And see, see what we think about governors, and this is how our mindset, if we're not careful, it, it catches up with us. Every state in the United States is, in essence, a territory. And what, and what, what, what we have all agreed to do is to be in agreement to become the United States of what? America. And the governor is in essence the one that's supposed to be the one that's over the territory. But that's, under, that's not the governor that we hear of in the kingdom. They're two totally different things. That's a democratic governor who's elected by the people for the people. So I put my money, if I was a billionaire and I needed a governor to get in to change the things that's going on in education, I promote that person to be in place so that I can get my agenda done in the, king, in, in, in the earth, in Arkansas, right? So, but those aren't the governors we're talking about. It says, the king did not go to each new colony to extend his influence in the colony. He administered his will through his personal representative, a governor. The governor was sent to physically live in the colony. The royal governor was the presence of the absent king in that colony. You are the presence of the absent God in the earth. God is in heaven. Jesus is in heaven. You are that royal governor that runs the earth. That's part of your identity. That's part of your purpose is to run the earth. And in Genesis 1, 26 to 28, it says, And God said, Let us make make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock. In other words, he's like, let us make man and let us make him dominant over everything. He was establishing you as a governor. He was giving you authority over all the territory. There is nothing in this earth that can that doesn't that will not bow to your voice when it's spoken through the Spirit. Nothing. Amen. Absolutely nothing. 
not a sickness, not, not a situation. It's like, who are you, great mountain? And I love what they said in Zechariah. They said at the end of it, it says, grace, grace be to it. The favor that started it would be the favor that ended it. The favor that God thought of you so much to create galaxies and earth, that same love and favor he had there would be the same love and favor that caused it to come to pass. He said, so God created human beings in his own image. This is this is kingdom. He is making you a governor and he is putting you, making you exactly like he is so that you can dominate in your in your territory. And then it says, God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and what? Govern it. Reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. The Psalms, it says, the heavens belong to who? The Lord. But he has given the earth to what? Listen, if it ain't like, if it don't look like what you like, change your thinking and change your words and make it become. Make it become. Now, we're going to finish up because I think this is, let me. With the governor in the colony, you don't need the physical presence of the king to experience and be changed by the king's influence. People don't need to know God necessarily because they know me. Is I, but because they know me and I am of God and God lives in me, they know God. So let me rephrase. People do need to know God. Okay. But what I'm saying is God is in heaven. You are in the earth. God ain't coming out of heaven, but he got you here. So when people see you, what do they see? You think it's just about, I, I use money because that's what really impacts people. It ain't about just having $100,000 so that you and your family can floss. It's about having $100,000 so that you have abundantly more than enough to meet the needs of somebody else. Like I purpose in my heart is one of the things, the biggest thing I want coming out of my house is my giving. Not my mortgage, not no car note, not anything. But that was a good goal for a while. But now it's just like I want to be able to see somebody's house burn down, go to them. They don't have insurance and say, hey, I got you. But we can't do that. I mean, how many families didn't eat a Thanksgiving meal? And then some of us are so strapped that we're, we're stealing money that we should be giving and offering and tithe and other stuff to try to buy Christmas presents, only to then charge things on a credit card to find ourselves further in debt, further. Our king is money. And when your king is money, because there's nothing wrong with money. Money answers all things, right? And, God, and, and I mean, the Bible says for us not to be lovers of money. You know what I'm saying? Money isn't bad. It's a tool designed to build the kingdom of God. When they were building the pyramids and they were doing all these things, they didn't build that for free. It requires finances. And so money is not about just you. It's about helping other people. Because I promise you, whoever supplies these lights ain't just there because we praying in tongues on Tuesday and before service. They want money. The owner of this building want money. And you believe in money because you go to work every day. You believe in wealth because you didn't believe in wealth. Then you will lay at the house and won't do anything. But because you value wealth, you get up even when you don't feel like it. Going to a job you despise. Working with people you don't like to get a check that's not enough. And all you got to do 
is take a moment to say, you know what, God, this ain't kingdom. This ain't the life of a governor. This ain't the life of royalty. Because that's what you are, you're royalty. To establish a new kingdom, there had to be a connection to the original kingdom. All right, and this is our last slide. It had to be a direct connection to the king. So when, when new colonies were, 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 were created, the king didn't leave his kingdom to go there. The regent went, the governor. You went, right? Jesus went. And, but there had to be a connection because back in the day, they would send horses and chariots and all this stuff, messengers. Anybody who saw Sparta, y'all know what happened to that messenger, right? All right? So, but there were messengers. Why? Because a king was relaying his wishes and his wills to the governor on what that colony needed to look like, right? And so it had to be a direct connection to the king. No desires, plans, intents, and thoughts of the king in order to imitate in the colony. The Holy Spirit serves as our inter-realm connection. It's earth to heaven. So because we have the Holy Spirit, it is our ability to access God to establish kingdom on earth. God didn't say, hey, Ralph, go be a governor and do it your way because I would mess it up. You know, I would. You, we do. But what he said is, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the critical piece for establishing the kingdom of God on earth. It is how we are able to understand God's heart and mind in order to imitate it in the earth. So the Holy Spirit is the essence of what we'll learn about. And that the purpose of it is to establish God's kingdom. So when we talk about the person of the Holy Spirit, the purpose of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit is with us, how it's in us, how it comes upon us, all of that is to establish kingdom. It's not to do our will, but it's to do the will of the Father. And so that's the intent of the Holy Spirit, so that we may accomplish in earth what God has already done in heaven. So we may accomplish in our own lives what God has already accomplished in heaven. So we may accomplish in our money what God has already done in heaven. And the Holy Spirit will teach us. He will instruct us. And he will not lie to us. So those things that you hear God telling you, hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you about, we have to follow those things because every time that we do, kingdom expands. That's good. Because it's not about me. It's about God. Like, the person I am today was not the person I was just three months ago. The fact I get on Facebook and talk, like I hate, I did not like that. But you know what? It's what God asked me to do. And because he's, gov- I mean, he's king and I'm a governor, I have to establish myself. I have to align myself with the king. And then what you realize after every decision you make, you begin to feel the pleasure of God. Because that's what happens. Obedience seems like this dirty word, but when you obey, you feel pleasure. And there's no pleasure greater than the pleasure of pleasing God. And what you'll know is that it'll begin to cascade. He said his love cascades over us, glorifying his grace. What we're doing when we're obeying God, we're causing his grace to be glorified in the earth so people may see his goodness. So every time you obey and you get the better job, it ain't really about you, it's about the kingdom. But because you're a governor, and here's the great thing about a king, a king never let his governors live any kind of way. The governors always live the best. The king built houses for the governors in the colonies in which they were 
uh, dominating over. God has established things for us. What we have to do is take time to listen to the Holy Spirit to access those finished works. And that's the, that's, that's the connection between the kingdom of God and the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us. And so as we learn about the Holy Spirit, I want to make sure that it comes from a place of we're not thinking about how it makes us better, but how it makes the kingdom better. We have to uncenter ourselves, and that's part of aligning, because when you get aligned with God, no longer do your feelings matter, no longer do your thoughts matter, no longer do your opinions matter. The only thing that matters in the kingdom is the king's wishes and his will. 